Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to Sound Prince for the week of December 3, 2023. The South Central Kentucky Council of the Blind invites everyone to participate in its social hour each Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Zoom. Sometimes there's a guest speaker. Other times there's just good conversation. Join the call each week on their Zoom line at 669-900-6833 and enter the code 763-689-4411. The Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will hold its December business meeting on Wednesday, December 6 at 8 p.m. on the KCB Zoom line. The number is 669-900-6833 and the code is 862-9889-6972. The next Low Vision Support in-person meeting will be at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, from 1 to 2.30 p.m. on Monday, December 11. The Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind Christmas Party will be on Saturday, December 9 at the Anchor Grill, 430 West Pike Street in Covington, from 1.30 to 4.30 p.m. There will be an optional gift exchange. Gifts should be of a $20 value. For more information and to sign up, Contact Jerry Slusher at 859-781-7369. The Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, Savvy, will hold its Christmas party on Tuesday, December 12, from noon to 2.30 p.m. Central at the Wesleyan Heights United Methodist Church, 1215 Sherm Road in Owensboro. Please plan to join Savvy for this in-person-only Christmas meal of ham, fried chicken, potato casserole, green beans, cinnamon apples, and dessert. Make meal and grits transportation reservations no later than December 8 by calling Cheryl Ott at 270-686-8689. The Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Christmas with the Council Party has been moved to December 15th. It's in person at the United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street in Louisville, from 4.30 to 9 p.m. You can also listen in on Zoom beginning at 6.30. Chapters participating in the Christmas with the Council will be Guide Dog Users of Kentuckyana, KCB Next Generation, Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision, Tri-State Library Group, and, of course, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind. There will be a bargain table at 4.30, a delicious home-cooked meal of ham, green beans, mashed potatoes, corn, rolls, and your choice of apple or cherry dump cake for dessert at 5 o'clock, singing and games and holiday cheer. Santa and Mrs. Claus will make an appearance around 8 p.m., and there will be a gift for everyone and, of course, door prizes. Make return rides between 9 and 9.15. To sign up, call the KCB office at 502-895-4598. 
Bring your kids and grandkids to the party. If you'd like for them to have a gift from Santa, make sure you bring a wrapped gift for them and mark it clearly with their name. Turn it in when you sign in to the party. The cost of the party is $6 per person. Sign up by calling the Kentucky Council of the Blind office at 502-895-4598. If you can't come to the party in person, Join us on the KCB Zoom line from 6.30 to 8.30. All are welcome. The Tri-State Library Users Book Club and Business Meeting for December will be on Saturday, December 16 at 11 a.m. on Zoom. This month, we're reading a great holiday mystery called The Twelve Clues of Christmas. It's by Reese Bowen, and it's part of the Royal Spinus series which takes place in England during the 1930s and gives you a very entertaining look into the lives of the British royal family. The Eastern Kentucky Council of the Blind will hold its Christmas party in Jackson on December 16. Call Ronnie Patrick, president of EKCB, at 606-671-0226 for more details. Watch the KCB events list for more holidays with the Council. The Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will be hosting roundabouts each Friday evening throughout December. The time is 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. on the Zoom line. On Friday, December 8, we'll have a game night. Friday, December 22, is Page Turners and Technology. And Friday, December 29, is your chance to tell us about what you did for the holidays, your favorite gifts that you gave or received, and your plans for the new year. Don't miss any of our Christmas and New Year fun. We're talking technology this week on pages 2, 3, and 4. Brian Gomer from Lab Computers was a sponsor and exhibitor at the KCB's Golden Jubilee Convention. Brian is the humanware distributor for four states, Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio, and Michigan. Brian is also a certified orientation and mobility specialist and has sold both Braille and low vision products for many years. At the convention, he featured the new Victor Reader Stream, for reading audiobooks, the Stellar Trek, a device for navigating your surroundings, and the Odyssey, a handy scanner device that can read a wide range of print materials out loud. You can hear Brian's presentation on page two, and you can reach Brian by calling 502 447 2458 and pressing extension 5. On page 3, you'll hear from Alexandra Ingram from the CATS Network. The CATS Network was also a sponsor at the convention. CATS stands for Kentucky Assistive Technology Service, and this is a program that lets you borrow technology devices subject to availability so you can discover whether or not the device will meet your needs, a try-before-you-buy concept. Finally, on page 4, you'll hear from Joe Hodge from the American Printing House for the Blind. 
Joe tells us about the new 10-line Monarch Braille display currently under development at the printing house, as well as the Chameleon and the Mantis, also of interest to Braille readers. On a side note, APH will be visiting with the in-person Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision support group in January to demonstrate a device called the Juno. Soundprints is heard 12 times each week on ACB Media One. Listen there by using the ACB Link app on your phone or on your Alexa device by asking her to open ACB Media and then choosing number one when prompted. Listen anytime, 24 hours a day, on the KCB information line by calling 773-572-6318. For more information about Soundprints, to comment on a recent show, or to make a suggestion for a future topic, or to request a free subscription on CD, playable on any standard CD player, Call us at 502-895-4598. Page 2. All right, I'm going to now pass the introdu- introducing over to Natalie Couch, who's going to introduce our next two speakers. So, Natalie, it's all yours. Coming up next, we have mobility, reading, note-taking, and other technology solutions. And this is going to be with Brian Gomer from Lab Computers from Louisville, Kentucky. Pass across the table because I see that there's people across the table and in front of you and wherever else it might be that want to pass it. So I am passing around the new Victor Reader Stream 3. Here. You can't hear me on that mic? Oh, I got a holding mic. Oh, Lord. This really makes me nervous now. <laughs> so I am passing around the Victor Reader Stream 3 is what I'm passing around, which is a book reader. Uh, it now has Wi-Fi and Bluetooth built into it. Um, it's just a new modern player compared to some of the others because we've had the Victor 1 that was very, very popular and now, uh, you know, had the 2 for a couple of years and now the 3 is just coming out. So that will download books directly from uh, sources such as Bookshare and uh, NLS and some other sources um, and have those read directly back to you. You can also download or, you know, text files and have those read to you as well and uh, multiple other ways. So getting your hands on it, it is different because it does not have a removable battery? Yes, absolutely. It does not have Braille. It is just tactuals, just your regular six, six input. So you've got your uh, telephone keypad input, and then there are three buttons in the top of the device. The one at the top is going to allow it to go to Wi-Fi or all the online sources. And uh, then to the left of it is a go-to, so you can go to, if it is DAISY content, you can go to pages, chapters, headings, things to that effect. And uh, there is also a bookmarking feature built into it as well. So you can do some bookmarking, too, of different files. So that is the Victor Reader stream that's going around. Um, after, go ahead. Navigation is built into it because it's going to be having, you're going to navigate through with the actual um, keypad. So, yes. So, you've. 
There is not a trade-in program from the two to the three, no. They have not done anything like that at all. Um, it is, I would say, a bit expensive. It is $550 is what it is. So it is an expensive device for sure. Uh, but as far as functionality and being able to, you know, connect your Bluetooth headphones to it now and sit back and listen to a book or anything like that is definitely a, you know, a great device for that. SD card in the top of it as well, yes. So you've got that rubber boot in the very top of it that comes out that allows you to pop in your SD card. Uh, it does have internal storage as well, so you can use the internal or the external storage. So that is the Victor Eater. The other device that uh, I'm probably the, the happiest to show for the most part is the Stellar Trek. The Stellar Trek is the GPS device made by Humanware that was introduced, oh goodness, I'm going to say six, eight months ago, something to that effect. Uh, the Stellar Trek has uh, basically nine buttons on the device. Uh, and what it will allow you to do is if... If you walk outside, immediately as soon as you walk outside, it's going to tell you by compass what direction you are traveling as well as what road is in front of you because right now we are not in front of any road. So it's going to say how far that road is in the direction of our travel. Um, so it's going to give you some of that information. Once we get on a road, it's going to allow us to use one of the buttons. There is a left, right, up, down, and a confirm key that's in one of our four, or I guess our five buttons of our nine that are on there. Uh, but if we hit the right arrow key, it's going to tell us what intersection is next, how far away it is, and it will also tell me whether it is a lighted intersection or not. So a lot of information as far as being able to know where that stuff is. Um, after that, one of the things it's got is it will has some uh, commercial points of interest built into it. So we can search around and we can find out what all is around us. We can do these by categories. So we can say, are there any restaurants around me? Are there any ATMs? Are there any banks? It will give me those what's around, how, how far they are away, and then we can have either a pedestrian route to those or we can have a vehicular route. So if we get in the car, it's going to immediately go into a vehicular mode and travel that way. <laughs> so, yes, sir? Well, it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna tell you where they are. It's not gonna tell you the street and everything else. Absolutely, yes. Yep, it would give you that kind of information. So we can get a little bit more in detailed. But before we get to there, the other thing that is really cool with this is it will actually tell us where bus stops are as well. So in this maps are where bus stops are. So we're going to say, uh, I'm gonna barely trying to read your, your name, sir. Am I reading it? Mar Mari, Mar Marty, I'm sorry, I can't. Merv, okay. <laughs> well, I am sorry, I can't. I'm not, we, we won't go there, but I'm, I'm trying to read little words far away kind of thing. So, uh, 
<laughs> I probably have a device that will help me read them, is what I'm thinking kind of thing, is I probably have a device that would help me, but uh, we're going to use the example of we are on the Vegas casino and we are looking for a certain place, maybe uh, Caesars, but we are wanting that exact location. We can actually hit a button and it will record our GPS position of exactly where we are standing to where we can go back to that exact spot. It's going to give us within, we'll say, 10 feet of that distance. So we'll be pretty close to where we were before. Well, in, inside a building, it's not going to do... If you're in your Uber or anything like that, yeah, it's still going to give you all those directions. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So that's kind of where it starts with a GPS and having some really cool GPS features. Then as I flip the unit back upside down, there is a camera built into the device. And we are at Caesars and we are looking for the door. We can take this device into an AI mode and it will tell me how many feet the door is and what location it is in. So it has some door detection abilities into it using the camera. Next things is the camera will do is it will actually take pictures of text and so we can have, we make it to Caesars, we're staying in Caesars, baby, is where we're staying kind of thing. We're at Caesars and we want to read the menu. We can take a picture and we can have it take a picture and read that menu to us. Third mode is, and I'm going to put it in this third mode because I think it is the coolest thing of all of them, to be honest with you. Explore. So I held down the up arrow key and I am in the applications. The first one was the address detection, which detects the doors. I'm going to hit the right arrow key. Quick reading. Quick reading is the next mode that I am in. I'm going to hit the confirm key or that mode in the... In the camera ready. It says camera ready and it is going to start taking pictures. Automatically. Years. So it is finding text and it is reading it as we are walking along. So in front of, or behind me is actually a sign that says cheers to 50 years. Or cheer 50 year. And there it goes. It has just read it for us is what it did. 50 year. It just keeps on taking them till we're done. Well, that would be detailed reading, where I would take like a longer reading. This is only going to be looking for, we'll say, 10 words is all it's looking for. It's not looking for a lot of text. It is signs, absolutely. Restrooms, door signs, numbers, any of that. Grocery stores, any of that kind of text that we might want to just have in the, you know, in the route kind of route. Um... One of the examples that my colleague gives me that I just, I can never forget whatsoever is we were walking down a district and he had his Bluetooth, because again, this does work about Bluetooth. He has Bluetooth headphones in and we were going past somewhere and he started hearing all about America's Most Wanted. I had no idea. He asked me where we were and why I was reading that. And I had no, and then it finally clicked on me. Oh, we just went past the post office. That's what's in front of the post office door. 
I never would have thought about it. It was a matter of just text that he happened to grab that was like, aha, I get it. But yes, so there are some really cool features as far as being able to take that text and have it read to you. Um, yes? It is automatic. I don't believe there is a method. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. So the question was, can we change the timing of when it's automatically taking the picture? And that is, I don't believe we can at all, no. Yes. So how do we put in either addresses or find an actual location is the question. And we have two different ways of doing it. One is we can actually do a search and look for a certain category of what we're looking for. We can also put in an address and it is what is a virtual QWERTY keyboard. So it is like me looking at a QWERTY keyboard or a computer keyboard, and I'm using my up, down, left, and right to type in that address that I'm looking for. You can plug in a Bluetooth keyboard. You could use a Bluetooth keyboard, or you could use a regular USB keyboard as well, because you can plug in a USB keyboard into the bottom of the device too. So there are some different ways to typing in an address if you need different ways. Um, so also in the apps are some other options. So I'm going to hit quick reading. quick reading. We're going to hit detailed reading. Detailed reading is wherever I'm reading the menu, which is a longer document. Color detection. I have a color identifier in this device as well. So it's as good as any of the others. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes. So does the quick reading read columns? I have not tried that to be. Yeah. Well, quick. Well, it would be detailed reading. Would detailed reading read columns? And I have never tried it to see what it would or wouldn't do. It's a good question. I think it does because I've read it. It reads a menu properly. My menus are in weird columns. Yeah. And that is the trick. This is the Stellar Trek, yes. So these are all things that are in the Stellar Trek. So we've done our color identifier. We can hit our right arrow key. Barcode scanning. The next item is a barcode scanner in the device. So again, we can use that camera. And I, I have SpaghettiO somewhere, probably not in this room because I was late. But there is a can of SpaghettiOs over on my table that we can definitely show you barcodes and show you how it will read a barcode with the device. And there we go. Absolutely. Well, so We're getting there. Um, there we go. Barcode selection. One product found. Purified water. Outdoor volume three. 
Press confirm to have more details. So it will read barcodes and do things to that effect. And it once it finds it, it is a steady beep. And then once it actually has really fixed on it, it will beep like a regular thing. We did one. Let's go. You turned it. Barcode selection. Two products found. Sprite. Sprite. So, two sprites. Product details. Name, Sprite. Brands, Sprite. So, Name, Sprite. not much else beyond that. Yeah, there's a Sprite. Barcode selection. Camera ready. Applications. Compass. The last one is a compass built into the device. So it works. Uh, I like seeing people point it like a remote control for a TV, and they're spinning around the room and making sure the compass works, and it works just like that. So it is uh, usable as far as those that work with you know the compass directions and that. So that is the Stellar Trek. The other device that I brought today that I rushed for is the new Humanware Odyssey. The Odyssey has been described as a tea kettle, uh, a loaf of bread, lots of other options that people have described this device to look like. Yes? Stellar Trek is $1,595, so $1,595. Um, so the Odyssey is a self-contained book reader. And Amanda, you have your document here in front of you. I'm going to steal it from you here for a second. So within the Odyssey, I can take a book. I can take a piece of paper, whatever I choose. There are six buttons on the device. I'm going to turn it on. It is in manual mode. I can push the middle button in the top of the device. It takes pictures. And I grab the wrong way here. We'll go this way. What happened here? So then it's got a play pause button on it as well. It's got a fast forward rewind. We can save these files. We can change voices. We can change rates. We can do all the things with it. And it's a battery powered unit that you would carry along with you. Um, there are other ways to taking pictures beyond the button. You can use your finger and tell it to take a picture at a certain location and it will start reading from that certain location with your finger. Um, so there are some other ways of getting it to read um, different things like that. So this is 1750 at the moment, so $1,750. The time was adjusted automatically. And my GPS just decided that it's been in Michigan for the last few days, so now it's deciding it's going to move to Kentucky now that it got close to a window. So all is good there. We can stay in Kentucky today, especially for the weekend. Um, 
But uh, those are the things that I brought. I'll have my booth out there, and you're welcome to come by, see everything. If you want to try something out, uh, yeah, it will be ready and ready to go. So look forward to seeing everyone, and thank you so much for your time. Page three. All right. So now that we've heard from all of that great technology from Brian, we're now going to hear about some more technology, and we're going to hear from Alexandria Ingram, who is the director of the CATS Network Coordinating Center, and she is from Florence, Kentucky. Florence, y'all. Lord, y'all. <laughs> That's that stadium's where I had my daughter's first birthday party. <laughs> so it was very fun. <laughs> Thank you guys all for having us here today. Um, so my name is Alex Ingram, and I'm with the CATS Network, and that stands for the Kentucky Assistive Technology Services Network. We're one of the AT Act programs, and we're here for the state of Kentucky. Um, actually, every state and territory has a program like ours, but you guys are just stuck with us. Um, but what we do is demonstration, loan, and then giveaway at our centers. And so we actually have centers located all throughout the state of Kentucky. Other programs do it a little bit differently. Some might have just one center um, at a university or a bigger city. We try and reach as many Kentuckians as possible. So we have centers in Lexington, then we have one in Fort Mitchell, Northern Kentucky. We have one in Hazard for Eastern Kentucky, and then Owensboro for Western Kentucky. We did have a center here in Louisville, and unfortunately it closed recently um, in September, but we are working really, really hard to get another center up and running, um, and we're going to have that opening here very soon, so I'll have cool information about that here very soon. Um, going back to those demonstrations, loans, and then giveaway, we typically use device demonstration to show you some of the new stuff that's out there. A lot of times we have really good partnerships with vendors and we're able to get devices early or get training on them early. And then you guys are able to see some of the newer things that are out there before maybe others would. We also use it to kind of compare and contrast similar devices. So you might be interested in an OCR device, um, and there's a bajillion out there that do it. So we have them available to trial kind of side by side, so you can figure out which one works the best for you. And a lot of times what we'll do is we'll kind of move equipment from center to center to make sure that if you are coming in and planning to try vision-related devices at one spot, you have access to as many different ones as possible. As far as device loans, we use those for temporary solutions. Um, a lot of times they kind of bridge the gap. So people might need it for a short-term period of time. So I like to think of somebody that's broken their ankle and they need crutches or like a knee scooter for just a little bit of time. We can provide that equipment for that short period of time and then they get it right back to us. But a lot of times it also kind of helps people make the decision whether or not they actually want to purchase the equipment. So they'll take that loan out for 30 days and in that time usually you're like, I love this or I will never use this again. So it helps people 
prevent from spending money that they don't want to spend for equipment that they might not end up using long term. And then um, we also do device reuse. So our centers will take in donations, and that's a huge way that we're able to support Kentuckians by taking in device donations. Our program called Project Carrot works to clean the devices, and then they'll refurbish them, get them repaired if they need it, and then get it back out to people for free. So a lot of times people are able to get things like wheelchairs and walkers, shower benches, kind of you name it. Um, we have a bunch of different equipment that gets donated and then we're able to get it back out to people for free. <clears throat> and then we do have a variety of devices, kind of like I'd stated, but it's not just specific to one disability or one kind of area. Um, we have a lot of low vision tech. We've got CCTVs. I have OrCam devices at my booth. We've got magnifiers. Um, one of our center actually has the Sunu band, which is that like a band that you would wear around your uh, arm or your leg, and it'll give you vibration feedback if you're going to kind of run into something along your course. Um, and so it's really neat, especially for people that are cane users, um, you have that kind of upper body awareness too, as opposed to just things that are kind of in your pathway on the ground. But we also have items in the categories of computers, daily living, environmental adaptations, hearing, learning, speech communication, mobility, recreation and leisure, and then vehicle modifications. So you can see we kind of have anything and everything um, that there could potentially be that somebody would need. And we're really trying to meet the needs of anybody out there. Um, in addition to demonstration, loan, and reuse, we really try and make ourselves available to conduct trainings for individuals. So we will do one-on-one -on -one training for a piece of assistive technology to make sure you know it backwards and forwards. Um, we'll also provide trainings to groups of people like therapists that are working with a specific population um, or organizations. A lot of what we've been doing recently on the organization level is ADA, so ADA compliance, um, making sure that we're meeting those um, areas so individuals can be in any space at any time. <clears throat> um, and then another thing that we do is just called information and assistance. So you can call us up and get resources at any time. So let's say you're looking for a wheelchair and you're in a rural area. We have a funding book and a resource guide that we keep that has all outside organizations that can assist you with that. And we have very specific other resource guides. So we have one for deaf and hard of hearing. We have one specifically for home modifications. And then we have one for individuals that have low vision or blindness. And I actually have that resource guide at my booth. So if any of you guys are looking for resources, please feel free. Um, a lot of the organizations here today are on it. So <laughs> that's exciting. You guys get an extra shout out in our book. <laughs> um, but we really try and keep that up to date that way you have just kind of like a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of resources at your fingertips um, <clears throat> also I think kind of our best resource that we have is our assistive technology locator website I have a brochure on it at my booth but on that website you can type in whatever you're looking for and it'll bring up the list of anything that's available to you so you can type in wheelchair or CCTV or you know you name it and if it's available it'll show you where it's at as well as 
if it's available for demonstration, loan, or giveaway. Um, and a lot of times what we do is if as that piece of equipment ages out, we'll move it to our giveaway. So you might have something that you've been having your eye on and it's crazy expensive and the newest model just came out and we're ready to give it away for free. So a lot of times people will keep their eye on that website just to see what equipment might be ready and available to them. It's K-A-T-S-N-E-T dot A-T, the number four, all, dot com. And I'll say that again. <laughs> it's um, <laughs> it's K-A-T-S-N-E-T dot A-T, the number four, all, dot com. And I do, I have a QR code for that website at my booth too, as well as the brochure for that specific website. But let me know if you need me to repeat it again. <clears throat> um, another really nice resource that I wanted to mention is our partnership with the Appalachian Assistive Technology Loan Fund. So with them, we are able to provide financial loans for the purchase of assistive technology. And so that's something that we actually haven't been able to do in years. We did have a bank partner, I think it ended in 2021, and they were providing loans for AT, but they had an interest rate attached with it. These loans are from $100 to $7,000, and they're no interest, no fee. So, yeah, it's wonderful. And um, so far, most people are using it to purchase hearing aids. That's what we've had a lot of people purchasing, um, as well as computers and software systems for their computers. But it really is for any piece of assistive technology. Um, I have a little flyer at my booth that says a fence is assistive technology because they uh, funded a loan for a fence for an individual that had autism and they would wander outside of the perimeters of their yard and they were in unsafe situations. So they're able to kind of turn anything into assistive technology. If it supports you, it's going to be something that they could fund. Um, and they're really, really open to credit counseling and just like financial knowledge so they're making a lot of loans for people that maybe traditionally wouldn't have been able to have loans made for them. I also have that flyer at my um, booth so feel free to stop by if you want information on it um, and it's for anybody with a disability to purchase assistive technology. <clears throat> and then uh, lastly I just wanted to talk about we had received a grant um, about about a year and a half ago um, to improve the accessibility of public health information. And so what we had done um, is we worked with an individual who was taking all this public health information and giving them guidance on how to make it accessible. So he had templates for accessible presentations, accessible documents, accessible websites, and he's trying to kind of raise that awareness for individuals that we need to make digital material accessible to every single person. Um, and we're continuing to roll out trainings for organizations and just trying to shed more light on that. And so something we're really proud about, um, just getting that information out to people. 
And then um, lastly, I just want to say, come visit my booth, obviously. <laughs> I have seen a lot of you, though, so it's really, really nice to have everybody popping by. Um, I have a lot of really neat pieces of AT. I've got a couple of the OrCam products. So I've got the OrCam Read and then the OrCam My Eye. Um, I also have a Lyric, which is not charging right now, but it's also really neat. It's um, a scan and read device. I've got a couple magnifiers um, and a couple like adapted gaming and re recreation devices, um, but it's just kind of a little sampling of what we have available through CATS network. Please feel free to reach out to me too at a later date if anything comes up and hopefully we can be a help to anybody here. Thank you. Page four. I like the title of this. Next up, we're going to hear from uh, Joe Hodge from the American Printing House for the Blind, not a stranger to us here. He is a quality assurance analyst, and this morning he is going to be talking to us about the Monarch, Mantis, Juno, and more. Hey, everybody. Uh, so I'm Joe Hodge. I'm totally blind. Uh, I'll start off. So if you guys have questions, please just uh, speak up You know, when, when uh, we get to that point. Um, so I've been at APH for, gosh, six or seven years. I think it's going to start my seventh year. So, um, But it's, it's kind of funny that uh, the first product I'm going to talk about um, is the Monarch. Um, and it's funny because about seven years ago, six years ago, I came to KCB and um, there was a gentleman here from APH talking about the Dream device, which was a Braille tablet. And uh, the Dream is real. We have it. <laughs> so um, the Monarch, um, and, and I'm going to be here till about 1.30ish today, so please stop by, get your hands on these devices with covid um, a lot of you may not have seen a Braille display at all, so I'd love to get your hands on it, um, get, get, get you to kind of explain or, or sort of feel and touch the devices um, and experience a Braille display if you've never felt electronic Braille. Um, so the Monarch, I'm going to start with it. It is our newest invention here at APH. It's, we partner with Humanware, and we also partner with Dot Incorporated for the technology. Uh, it is a 10-line Braille device, uh, and it has the capability of doing multiple, or sorry, tactile graphics. So you can do multiple lines of Braille, which makes it automatically stand out, and it can do tactile graphics. And why this is important, on a single Braille display, so we have two of those that I'll show later, um, you can't see things like formatting. So for example, if you're in college or you're in school, and you need to do things like centering or look at how something's laid out in a Microsoft Word document. You really can't do that with a 40-cell Braille device. And so the only way I was able to do it when I was in college is emboss. And, you know, in 2023, the fact that you still have to emboss something to see if it's formatted is crazy to me. Um, so I, uh, I'm excited for the Monarch for that reason. The other thing that the Monarch does is tactile graphics. So think about um, images. 
a lot of us in this room have never been able to see certain like logos or certain I'm going to angle the mic up a little bit there we go uh, certain um, pictures such as like a B or the United States a map of the United States uh, one of my favorite things I ever got to touch on this device the first time I've played with it is a map of the United States we don't really have access to that as an adult. Like, I can't just go pull up, you know, yeah. get out. I'd have to have 50 volumes of my, of my house, right, of rail <laughs> uh, to be able to see that map of the United States. On this, you can continually scroll. You can do things like pan around. So concepts that sighted folks have had forever, zooming, panning, um, are are still kind of foreign to us, and you can do that on these devices. So you could just take a, um, uh, we, we, we actually tie into what's called the, the TGIL, the Ta Tactile Graphics Image Library. And what that is, is it's a library of images done by transcribers. Um, and it has about 14,000 to 20,000 images in it. I've heard varying numbers since doing these presentations. So I'm gonna go, like in between, you know, just pick two numbers and somewhere is the truth. Uh, so these images uh, you can actually pull up on the device at any time. It has Wi-Fi. Uh, you can download the uh, image you want. So, for example, it, I looked up buses and I found a British double-decker bus and was able to look at it and save it to the device. And that power, right, of being able to do that as a blind student. And so what we're hoping to do in the future is look at what kids are searching for, which could be a little scary. Uh, but we're, we're going to look at what kids are searching for. And if we don't have a graphic out there for it, uh, for example, I searched for the McDonald's arches. I thought that we would have that, but we didn't have the McDonald's arches. So if that's something that people and students search for, we're going to be able to look at that and go, okay, this is there's a need for this image, and we'll, we'll put it in a tactile graphics image library. Um, so things like being able to be in control of what images you're seeing, I think, is going to to sort of change the world. Um, you can go on to Google, grab a, uh, a JPEG image, and look at it at this device, on this device. Now, the image that you get sometimes, especially like things that have tons of color, uh, does not exactly uh, translate all that well. So what you would want to do is kind of look at things more black and white. So if you I don't know, most people in here probably know what the Atari is. So the Atari was like the first, one of the first ever game systems. And that's where we're at with the Monarch. It's, it, it's not 4K, right? Like all of, our, all of our friends are watching 4K, and it, you even hear rumblings of 8K coming out on TVs. In the blind field, we're just not there, right? So we're, we're back at the Atari. But you've got to start somewhere. And so I think like... Um, as the generations go down the road with these devices, so like we're on Gen 1, so Gen 2 will, of course, approve, uh, improve on the concept here and, and take it to another level. So the thing that we wanted to do at APH when we set out to make this device is we wanted to go time to fingertips and make it so much faster. So currently, when, when a book is being made, it takes anywhere between four to six months, if not longer, to get done. And oftentimes, I hear about students who go through class. Uh, they're they're about a semester, you know, a semester class. They're a month and a half in, a two months in, and they haven't got their book yet. And that, to me, is unacceptable. I don't know how that's happening. Uh, but what we want to do with the Monarch, our first goal, is to make this thing a the ability to deliver Braille books to the device fast and quick. I call it 
time to fingertips. We want to reduce that time. So we're still going to go through transcriptionists. We're still going to go through proofreaders. But instead of them having to bind the book and do all the steps they have to do, once that process is done, they can just electronically send it to the monarch and the student will have it right away. And I think that will be uh, such a powerful thing. Um, so on the device, let me talk about briefly uh, what we have. So in the main menu, you have a Braille editor. So this is kind of just your, I call it dirty Braille. So whatever it is you want to type in, it'll, it'll be. There's no formatting. Uh, we have a tactile viewer. That's where you view all the tactile graphics. Uh, we have a Victor Reader program. That's where your uh, access to BARD, uh, Bookshare, et cetera, will be. Um, we have Keyword, uh, which is the humanware keyword that's on like Braille notes now. Uh, we've ported that over, but it's multi-line. So instead of being able just to see 40 characters at a time, we actually have multi-line multi support. Uh, we also have um, a file manager, and that's it at this moment. We are uh, planning to be for sale with this in September slash October slash November of next year. <laughs> uh, sometime in the uh, in that in that quarter, uh, I. I I, for, I, I for see us being for sale at that point. Um, so the device, I'm going to give you a little bit of orientation to it so when you come by the table, you kind of have at least an idea what it looks like. It's about four and a half pounds, so it's about the size of a gaming laptop. Uh, I actually have it in my bag. I carried it with my mon uh, So I carried the Monarch, Mantis, and Chameleon in today, uh, and it wasn't very heavy, honestly. I mean... I'll probably have back problems later in life, but you know, it's, uh, it, it wasn't too bad. Um, so on the device, on the left-hand side, we have a USB-C port. Uh, this actually lets you connect to a computer. Uh, you can share your storage like on a hard drive. You can also um, plug it in to a computer and view it as a monitor. So this would allow for teachers to be able to actually see what's on your screen. Uh, we have a USB-A port for flash drives, and we have a uh, power button. And on the front of the device, just going in the front here, we have a uh, your sort of traditional um, Android keys that are like on the Braille note. So you have a uh, recent, like a sorry, there's a triangle here for back, there's a circle for home, and a square for recent apps. On the right hand side of the device, we have an HDMI port. This allows you to plug it into just an external monitor. We have a headphone jack. Those still exist, Apple. Uh, and <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that, that is it. What is the projected cost? So, so projected cost, we, we're, we're going get, to get that right out the gate here, OK? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, so right now, uh, we are at uh, fifteen to 20000 um, and that sounds like a lot, right? But when you think about how much uh, a Braille device costs that is 40 cells, right? You're talking about $5,000 still, right? So this is 10 lines of, of Braille. It also has a lot of technology in there that we had to sort of do. The other devices I have with me, I have a Mantis and a Chameleon. And those are two Braille displays. Um, so the Mantis is a 40-cell Braille display uh, with a QWERTY keyboard. That's what kind of makes it unique. So there's a lot of 40-cell options out there. 
there's not many with a QWERTY keyboard. I think there's us, and then there's a, a new company that uh, put out a, put out one recently. Um, and there, so the the Chameleon and Mantis run roughly the same software, and they offer the same features. The Chameleon is a Braille keyboard; it's a 20 cell. The only thing it has that the Mantis doesn't have currently is text-to-speech. So in the local mode of the device, when you're in the editor, when you're reading a book through Bookshare or NFB Newsline, and we just introduced BARD uh, to the device, so you can actually use BARD Braille now. That's one of the new features. Uh, you actually could use text-to-speech to listen to your books on the Chameleon as well as read it in Braille. On the Mantis, we have no text-to-speech. Uh, so that's the major difference there. But the Mantis for why the QWERTY keyboard is important for for me is I'm actually starting to learn Python. So I'm doing some coding here and there. Uh, it's coming along slowly. <laughs> but, 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 but it's something I'm working on. Uh, using the Braille keyboard for coding has has been challenging to say the least. Um, I just it's not it's not my thing. So I really like having a QWERTY keyboard for coding in particular. I also think it's just easier to use Windows commands on a QWERTY keyboard. So um, those are the reasons I kind of like the Mantis. Uh, I, I also enjoy just laying my device. Like if I go to a hotel room, if I'm traveling, I can lay my device on the charger. I can take that Mantis across the room and lay in bed, and I can control my like you know my Mac, my iPhone, all on one device. So it's 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 pretty powerful. Uh, you can connect to five Bluetooth devices plus one USB-C uh, device at one time on, on these devices. APH is in, in the middle of renovating. You guys may have heard about it. Uh, so I wasn't able to get a magnifier, but we have what's called the Juno, uh, and it is a really cool device. It has a... It, um, if you want to come by and talk about it, we can talk about it later, but it has text-to-speech in it. It has a distance-viewing camera, so it's a magnifier. It's a portable magnifier. Uh, it also has one, one thing I think is really cool and I hear a lot of feedback on. It's called a barrel camera. And what that means is it's a camera that rolls and you're able to use it for things like applying makeup or self, like sort of checking out yourself because you can sort of view your, your face or view something uh, as it's looking at you. Then you can roll that camera around and look at like a chalkboard. Uh, you can look at documents, whatever it might be. Um, so. That's the Juno. We have a whole line of magnifiers that APH is, uh, uh, has. So if, you, if, you're, if that's your market, definitely come by. I'm happy to talk to you about them. Um, I'm sorry I don't have them. I tried to obtain one all week, and people have been moved, and it's just been a little hard. So I apologize about that. We also have stuff for early Braille users. So one of the devices that's being talked about a lot recently is called the Poly. It's a early Braille learning device. It has a. It actually allows you to do uncontracted and contracted Braille, uh, A through Z, plus all the short forms. Um, and it's a really fun way to. It has like a star system. Uh, teachers can go in and assign lessons. So again, if they if they see the kids are struggling like with and of which was always my downfall as a kid, uh, they, they can assign lessons with those particular contractions and uh, view how the kids are doing. It, it actually runs uh, through the internet and connects to a uh, thing called Helios, which is an online um, database, and they're able to view their results there. Any questions about either the Poly, Mantis, Chameleon, or, or even Juno? 
the Junos are around 1,400. How about the Poly? Uh, Poly is 999, or just 1,000. You know, marketing says 999 sounds better. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Poly is uh, about $1,000. And we just got a new shipment in, so if you are interested, be watching the website. Those will be out there uh, very soon. Thank you, Joe. Um, I was wondering if you could talk about any of the portable mag video magnifiers that you might have that are small enough to slip into a pocket or purse and that people can like take pictures of price tags and then freeze the picture and look at them. So we don't, the Juno would be small. It's not necessarily something you could throw in your pants pocket, for example. We don't have any currently a magnifier that, the ones that we have that are pocket size are more just handheld. Uh, they, would, they don't have really like a camera on them. Uh, so we, ha we actually just started releasing, we have, uh, we have a device called the video magnifier uh, that's small and handheld, but it doesn't have the ability to do like long, like you can't just take a picture and keep it in the memory and, and review it later. Uh, it would be more for like if you're going to do document scanning. Uh, that's that's a much uh, it's much more like it doesn't. So the Juno that I was mentioning has a bit more technology and it has like actual memory where you can store photos, you can recall things later. Um, the video mag, the handheld video mag that we have, it's around seven hundred dollars, I think six hundred dollars. It doesn't have some of those features where you can recall images later. I know when I said the price, people people gasped. And it's, it's one of those things I, I understand, and that's why one of the preference, just saying that, you know, me as an adult, like if I didn't work at APH, I probably wouldn't have this device. But I think that these devices are sometimes, like, you know, I see myself as a Braille reader. I probably would like a three-line Braille display or something. So we're at time. As an so. adult. So, yeah. But please come by, stop by, get your hands on these devices. I'd love to show it to you. So. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club and by the American American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Soundprints. Have a great week, everybody.